Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. KXNO's Thirsty Thursday continues now with the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Presented by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Here's your host, Jared Stansberry. Yo, it's another Thursday evening. It means it's time for the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. I'm Jared Stansberry on tonight's program. Uh, we'll have Chris Williams, Tim Mullen from Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive and Brent Bloom to make their picks for the week. Uh, and then we will preview Iowa State's Big 12 opener against Baylor with Craig Smoke from Sikkim 365 here uh, right around 640, I think, uh, right after Tim and Brent and Chris. So uh, look forward to that. Get all of Craig's thoughts on the Baylor Bears, which should be exciting with Iowa State going down to Waco for uh, what should be a good game between the Bears and the Cyclones. What's up, EZ? Not much. What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. What's? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah. Yeah, we've been uh, missing each other when we've been doing these shows. Yeah, you... Uh, you're all over the place nowadays, I dude. I got to ask you, though. Uh, you know, it's hot in the news right now. The, the St. Louis Cardinals are red hot. Yes, they are. Are you terrified yet as a Dodgers fan? Uh, I wouldn't say terrified. I'm terrified of a one-game format. You could have them playing the Pittsburgh Pirates, and in the back of my mind, I'd be like, well, this is how it all ends. That's why, quite honestly, I was really scared last year when they expanded the playoffs, and I'm like, oh, great. So now we're going to play in a best of three game series against a team that probably, you know, shouldn't be in the playoffs. Um, but r- right now, the Dodgers actually came from uh, behind. They're up in the 10th inning, and we still have our sights set on maybe, hopefully, avoiding that situation and, and passing the Giants. But, I mean, right now, there's nobody in the NL that, that's going to make the playoffs that I'm going to say, oh, we got this in the bag. Well, yeah, and that. I mean, I think that's what's been so impressive about what the Cardinals have done. We're not going to talk about this very long. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that since you were a Dodgers fan. But what's been so impressive about what the Cardinals have done is they've done it against some of the best teams in the division or in the league. Just swept the the Brewers in Milwaukee. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like they're playing a bunch of scrubs or win 12 in a row. Like, they played the Mets and then the Padres and now the Brewers. So, uh, definitely big time couple teams that are, that are going to be really good, uh, in, in the playoffs, at least the Dodgers. But, uh, let's talk a little bit. I, I wanted to talk about the 12 team playoff. And the, the most recent developments on this front, uh, the news coming yesterday that they will not vote next week on the proposed 12 team format, uh, and delaying the changes to the current four team field. Man, talk about a shot to the nuts for college football. Uh, I think that this is, it's past due time for the, for the college football playoff to expand just to continue to, to grow that opportunity for, you know, for the sport to kind of go away from an outdated system with the Bulls and everything like that, and now kind of all of the pettiness of all of these things is starting to get really annoying, and I, I'm really tired of it. I mean, I don't know, I don't know about UZ, but it's just the way that all of these rich guys are getting into rooms and just bickering with each other over the way that this should be done. When I think it's pretty clearly the right thing for the sport at the end of the day to, to expand this and get more teams involved, it just it. It's really making me mad. It's just 
like I said, annoying, I think, is the best way to put it. Don't ever underestimate the idea that, well, logically, if everybody just, you know, looks out for each other as well as themselves in their own self-interest, we can make this work. Follow, when in question, follow where the money trail is, because whenever you see something, you're like, that that can't be. They have to see the good of everybody. No, there's there's probably some dollars to be made. And I thought it was interesting today. I don't know if you saw this, but they had the first stages of the NCAA's constitutional convention, and there was a lot of support. There is a lot of support for the FBS to basically break away from the NCAA, the Power Five to break away from the NCAA and not be governed by them any longer. I mean... I just feel like after they do that, if the Power Five is going to break away, if FBS football is going to break away, at that point, like, why don't they all come together and say, hey, in the best interest of the sport, why don't we try and have like a central governing body that's going to make some of these decisions? We'll obviously have input from schools, but at the end of the day, it's like these people are going to be looking out for what's best for college football rather than having it be all of these individual entities because if they're going to break away and become their own thing, then they might as well have it be centralized in some way, just like not by the NCAA who's got, you know, thousands of schools to, to have to oversee, but just you have 130 or whatever it is at that point. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I feel like we don't have enough time to 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 delve into all of that. But it's just it's 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 the rich getting or trying to get richer, and it's it's again just people not looking out for everybody else's interests. It's just I, I feel like when you talk to be it anybody, be it presidents, ads, it's just also tunnel vision to not. You know, well, yeah, that that's what makes me mad. It's not the oh, we need to take care of ourselves. I I understand everybody's yeah. got to do what's best for them at the end of the day. But what makes me mad is that college football is theoretically the golden goose of college athletics. No, not theoretically. It is the golden goose of college athletics. And the way that these people don't take into account the health of college football in any way yeah. is in, it's inexplicable because I don't. How do you not understand that if college football struggles or is is hurt, then you're hurt too? Like, why don't you try and do something to help the general health of college football rather than just trying to line your own pockets? I've said this before, and I think what it comes down to is sometimes the short-sightedness is so, so blatant that you'll see a coach or a GM who knows they've got a short window. They'll, They'll burn the future up in flames to say, well, this will keep me around. You know, let's go out and let's let's get some personnel in here so that we can win now and I can keep my job. And I think that's a lot of what it is, is it's people saying, okay, I'm in this position, so while I'm in it, I need to figure out a way to whatever, make the most money or or, or make myself look good or make this institution the most money. And to hell with what happens in 10, 20 years down the road. That's somebody else's problem. Well, it's not. It, it's going to eventually grow into all of our problems when we start looking at, and, and I don't know this is going to happen, but what if 25 years from now we're sitting there talking to our kids and going, man, college football used to be something completely different than what you've grown up to know it to be. Well, I mean, it even is right now to an extent from what it was 25 years ago. But, you know, I think a a perfect example of this, honestly, would be what just happened with the Minnesota Timberwolves, where they fired their their general manager yesterday, five days before camp started, and the decision that they made, you know, almost two full years ago now to trade for D'Angelo Russell, and when they did that, 
they were so dead set on win now mode and traded away two draft picks, two first round draft picks with really light protections on them that ultimately led to the Warriors getting both of those picks. And now, you know, the Wolves are no closer to winning than they ever were before. And they can't get any closer because they don't have any draft picks, you know, and that like that does not make any sense to me whatsoever. And it just it's so short sighted. It's not the proper way to build something that's sustainable. It's another example. The Vikings going and getting Kirk Cousins and paying him all the money that they did mm-hmm. when you had so many other glaring issues with their team when they signed Kirk Cousins. I mean, especially on the offensive line. Why not spread some of that money around and try and build a foundation that's sustainable rather than just like, you know, throw it at one person? The the Vikings, I, I know nothing about what their team's going to look like in 2026, but I can tell you right now, they'll probably still be trying to fix an offensive line, and you're right. It, it, it reminds me very much of every once in a while, you'll see somebody in a fantasy football dynasty league that's like, oh, I'm trading all the way my future picks so I can try to get in now, and sometimes they're like, oh, my team sucks, so guys, I'm out. Somebody else can take over the team. But that's like... A 40 year old guy who's an accountant and doing something for fun. Right. When you're watching people who have very important jobs that are touching the lives of so many different people and they're treating it like a hundred dollar buy in fantasy football team, yeah. then it, it, it concerns you. Yeah. That's just it. Yeah. And that's what I just, I just don't understand about this whole deal is how, how much disregard there is, you know, Greg Sankey, like, I give Greg Sankey a lot of props because of what he's been able to do with the SEC. And, you know, his predecessor had done a lot of the things to kind of lay the groundwork for this. But how he has been able to continue to leverage the SEC's success into growing that league, like, I, I gotta respect it. I think anybody does. But at the same time, his blatant disregard for everyone else is really, it's a major turnoff to me. And it, it makes me feel like he's not near as smart as what he thinks he is or what other people try and make him out to be. And like I said, I respect the work that he's done because it's hard not to look at the money that the league, that league is going to make. But at the end of the day, like I sit there and it's like, if you want to sit and talk about people that have harmed college football 10 years from now, I think Greg Sankey will be number one. And right now, most people praise him. I, I feel like there have been a number of industries that I've seen and it's not just about today or even tomorrow. You can expand too quickly and flood an area with your product and all of a sudden people are like, okay, well now I have it. Do I really need more of it? Do I need maintenance? Whatever. As, instead of taking the long approach of how do I make sure that yes, what we're doing right now is the best that we can, but you need to look at where everything is going. And again, sometimes people can be just so short-sighted. Yeah, it's it's pretty unbelievable to be quite honest but we're going to take a quick break we're going to toss things off to chris williams tim mullen and brent bloom they'll make their picks for the week and then when we come back here to the studio we'll call craig smoke from sikkim 365 and talk about the baylor bears here on the cyclone fanatic radio show powered by nebraska furniture martin clive on a morning sports station 1460 kxno and 106.3 fm Hi, Cyclone fans. This is Dr. Brian Warmy, orthopedic sports medicine surgeon at McFarland Clinic. I really enjoy working with athletes of all ages, including the football team here in town. My colleague, Dr. Greenwald, and I provide specialized orthopedic care to patients of all ages, including sports injury evaluation, treatment, arthroscopic surgery, stem cells, and other biologics. Come see me in Ames for your sports injury needs, and don't let your injury keep you out of your game. Learn more at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones. Many people are still working remotely, but a lot are gradually returning to their office, and that workplace has changed forever. Fortunately, dressing well for work has not. 
Mr. B and Clive has a great variety of different clothing options depending on your personal situation. Whether it's a traditional suit and tie or a casual pant and golf shirt for a Zoom call, we have what you need. Come see for yourself at Mr. B Clothing on 86th Street and Clive. It's crazy with my twins and a husband who works 80 hours a day, I mean a week, and I decided to start my own business on top of it, which is insanely crazy. But thanks to the Iowa Clinic, it was easy to see my doctor. And when I get there, she listens to me. So I feel like I have a partner. And before I know it, I can get back to my crazy busy, insanely busy life where I have a busy business, busy husband, busy twins. Oh no, where's the other one? Oh, I'm holding her. Anyway, with same-day appointments and online scheduling, the Iowa Clinic is care how you want it. Visit iowaclinic.com. Hey y'all, Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And... And don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Eclair, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well... Here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowish cream liqueur. Cycle Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones. All right, Fanatics, welcome back to Cyclone Fanatic Radio here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Thanks to Stansberry. Let's do our picks. My name is Chris Williams. Joined, as always, by Tim Mullen from Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive and Brent Bloom. Uh, Timmy. Yeah, buddy. Timmy! Yeah. That was... What's going on at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive this week? I, I got a couple of new TVs, by the way. That's what we're going to talk about today. They'll be installed. Uh, my guy from Satellite City is my buddy. He's coming yeah. to install them tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, we'll have the full setup for the weekend. The goal was to have it for the first Iowa State road game. So, nice. I'm, you know, I'm all locked in. Saturday night, hey, I'm going to have UFC. I got a, I got a NASCAR. Got an update. Yeah. We talked about it last week. Yeah. The Iowa State-Baylor game is on 4K on Fox Saturday. I'll be damned. Yep. Really? Yep. I believe it's the first TV. Iowa State game on so 4K. So, if I have Dish, can I watch it on 4K? Uh, probably not. You have to have the right service. 
Okay. Yeah, I know YouTube TV has it. Uh, Fubo TV. I mean, has I have it. to say it's the streaming service so, yeah, that are really getting big wh- on it. What about if I, because I have an Apple TV. What if I hook my Apple TV up to a 4K TV, get, get a Fox free app. trial? Yep. Or get the Fox app. The Fox app should have it. There you go. You'd be amazed. Would, um, so no, Tim, you know the projector because I bought it from you. Yeah. My entire house. I Probably not 4K. Yeah. Not 4K. Yeah. So where are we at on 4K projectors? Will that happen at some point? You know, I've I've done a good job of promoting myself out of having to know everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a clue. I have, Chris. Yeah, I, okay. I have very very smart guys over the store. You come on in and see my guy Alex Meyer. He runs a retail department. That's a good question. He takes care of you and hooks you up. Uh, we do have a lot of great things going yeah. on right now. I'm going to plug here for yes. a minute. Shameless plug, if no, you don't it's mind. Not even shameless. Uh, we got. Oh, yeah, some... you can buy 4K projectors. <laughs> there you go. Seriously, I'm still hunting. They're all over the place. Uh, if they're all over the place on here, then you guys be able to get them at Nebraska Furniture. Well, let me tell you what you can do while you're doing that is 36 month financing on TV 75 inches up or projectors 14.99 and up. So if there's something we can get available on NFM and it's a projector over 14.99. 36 36 months financing through uh, the first and next week is a great opportunity. Plus a lot of good stuff. $100 off installations, anything over 75 uh, or Samsung HD TVs, $9.95 or more. Rewards cards, free shipping with uh, Samsung 51 and large. A lot of great TV stuff going on right now. Football season is in full swing. Uh, It's a great opportunity to come in and get that stuff taken care of. And uh, And rates are really low. Yeah, they're they're I mean, super low still. Just use our money. Yeah, come use our money. Man, look know? at these 4K projector screens. <laughs> King of bright shiny lights over <laughs> yeah, he here. Is. It yeah. sounds like great deals. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, my my in laws TV is going Sorry. by the wayside, and they're like, yeah. so what what brand should I get now? And I pretty much said. Yeah. All of them are pretty reputable anymore, right? They're really good. Yeah, we're, we're uh, you know we got. Great backing from Samsung, from Sony, from LG. Those are kind of the big, the, the big ones that are out yep. there. Uh, but you can find, uh, you know, more bargain TVs. And they, they're not necessarily bad TVs. They're just mass-produced more than the technology that's put into those three main brands. But, uh, nice. yeah, no, not well, not a bad one out I'm, there, really. I need to go over there for my in-laws. Yeah. Might be a yeah, – I don't think they'll sure. be listening. Maybe a, a Christmas present between all the all the relatives yeah. for them. Yeah, put it yeah. together. Come see us. There you go. Use financing. Yep. Use our money. Use their money. I've, I've used a lot of your money. You have. <laughs> over, it. over the years. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, tough week last week for the picks. No. No. Great week. It was no, a it was... bad week last week for the picks. No, you know what? It wasn't that bad. It, bad things happen every once in a while. You just got to, what I t- told my daughter, I said, what a Williams is doing, we get knocked down, we get right back up. Well, you're going to need to do that because you went one and four last week. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Uh, in in uh, the antithesis, if you will, was... Bloom going four and one. I rode that middle line with Switzerland and went almost even at two and three. So right now it's uh, Bloom has leapfrogged yep. back over you, C Dub, and him and I are tied at nine wins. We're only uh, three weeks in. Yeah, yeah, but you're in third, so let's get it going. Let's go. All right, let's here we go with up. the games this week, gentlemen. We got five games on the slate. Uh, a couple, a uh, couple juicy games. Couple. I got in here for the spread. First one. Let's talk about it. We have the number ten Ohio State Buckeyes at home, six thirty, Columbus <laughs> versus the Akron Zips. Okay. Uh, who famous uh, football player at Akron? Go. Well, Terry Bowden was the coach when they came to Iowa State a few years ago. Yeah, the most famous ones probably uh, the old 
Miami Dolphins defensive end Jason Taylor. That is correct. Really? He played at Akron? Mm-hmm. I would have never have known that. So I have some fun with these. I'll tell you. Is that, is that the right answer? That is the right answer. 20-second anecdote. I, I do these with my guys at work just for fun. And my one guy, Dave Welch, only answers me in famous athletes from said school. Oh, so I cool. have to look it up and find out who they are. That's have cool. a ton of fun doing it. And that was my response. He went to Akron? I had no idea. Yeah. And then I, I didn't realize this till like a year ago that his sister is Colin Cowherd's co-host. Really? Yeah. yeah. Joy huh? Taylor. That's yep. that's his sister. She's well, going to her job. gets out of line, I'm sure Jason will throw him across the room. 49-point spread oh, at home. 49-point <laughs> spread. like these. That's what I said. I'm like, let's find something a little juicy. I wanted the biggest spread out there I could get. If I got Mercer, Alabama a few weeks ago, I couldn't I, get it in time. I, these games are so hard because it's just like how badly. It takes one touchdown. Yeah, I'll yeah. take the points. I'm going to take the zips. That that Ohio State defense is junk. Um, Let's <laughs> see, Akron zips. I want the zips. All right. Zips. I mean, I'm laughing. Just to be clear, I'm with you. I'm taking the 49 points. I just, I just feel like, I mean, this could be like 31 to nothing at half. Maybe even worse. Maybe it's 42 to nothing at yeah. half. But eh, no, zips with a late cover. Do you know why they're called the zips? No, no, sir. So Akron's a big tire town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tires used to be called zippers. I'll be damned. No, they didn't. Or something, something, yeah. something to do with like to be honest. Covering. I learned I, this when they came to. Town I was out there in 2017. Yeah, so I remember this. How was that trip? It's nice little stadium. Actually, it was okay. It was all right. We I'll stayed never forget in, that game. We stayed that, in Cleveland, so that, that game better. changed the course of Iowa State football forever. It, did, it really did. We that'll be that a later. chapter in my uh, book. So. Long story short, Akron is two touchdowns worse than UNLV is. They're that bad. Ohio State names the score, and they will name it at a high level because they need good mojo. Seventy to ten. Seventy to ten. All right. I, I wish. Just I could for the argue. record, C. I wish I could argue with that. Brent's. Uh, he's the smartest one on the show. Just so we're clear. Stop. I knew what the yeah, Akron yeah. Zip was. So yeah. Or something. Uh, next game, gentlemen, uh, probably the biggest top 25 tilt of the day, less the SEC battle between Arkansas and A&M, but in the Midwest region, if you will. Neutral site game, Soldier Field, Chicago here. Uh, we have number 18, Wisconsin, a six-point favorite, actually, Man. versus number 12, Notre Dame. I'll lead this off, okay. actually. Man, you, we're getting it at six. This makes it really interesting. <laughs> what a great number. Yeah. Uh, I'll actually... I think uh, I think Wisconsin is overrated. I'm just going to say it. I think they are. Uh, I think Notre Dame is going to – that. I don't care if it's a neutral field. That will be all Notre Dame in that stadium. Uh, it might as well be a home game in Chicago with the love they have for Notre Dame. And not only will I happily take Catholics there. six points, uh, I think Notre Dame walks away with about a two-touchdown win here. Madison only 90 minutes away, though. I don't know. I think it'll be closer to 50-50. However, sure. Sure. I agree with your premise. I think this is very even, so I'll take the points. Okay. One of my favorite plays of the week, you might even be able to hear it on the lock segment tomorrow, is the under in this game at like 46 and a half, I think is what I got of that. Yeah, I like that. And if And if that comes true, I want the points. Yeah. I don't want to agree with you guys, but I just, I just think the, th- this is a... This is a Penn State Wisconsin type game. Yeah, I just don't the, see anything Wisconsin that says they're going to score enough points well, to beat Notre Dame. And the quarterback thing is fascinating with Cone. Yeah, right? because right now Wisconsin. he's playing better than the Mertz kid. Right, 
Well, that happened last year a little bit too when Mertz got hurt. But Wisconsin is is lethal on D. Yeah, they are. They got a big D. They 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 are right there with Iowa State with best D in the country. Yep. And Iowa. Yeah. Uh, I just did want somebody. No, for sure. Yeah. Somebody yelling at the radio right now. Yep. Next game, gentlemen. Tweeting about uh, Bloom. (laughs) Bloom's not giving us credit. (laughs) Appointment radio right here. Well, it's what we do. Yeah. Uh, number furniture, Martin Clive. The number twenty-fifth ranked fighting Jordy Nelson's uh, going to Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's uh, that's how he picked his team here. Six-point favorite to the unranked Oklahoma State at home. I, can I go first here because I love this Please. play. I love Please. it a lot. Yes, more than really any play this week. Give me Oklahoma State by seventeen. Wow, I think the K-State quarterback. Is super overrated. They're living off of. They're playing two guys right now. Yeah, they, really, they were. Didn't he get hurt? And I think the Oklahoma State defense is really good. I, I just, I, I really like Oklahoma State here. I agree. God, I hate that I'm agreeing with you, but I picked them to win last week mm-hmm. at Boise. I was one of the few. And well, you I, and I did. That's the one Bloom got wrong. Yep, I did get that wrong. Yep. Fully admit it. This is a great I, win. But I actually cashed a money line ticket on that in Vegas last week. Listen. Oklahoma State, for some reason, it takes them a while to get rolling. The only thing is, like, we've got to, like you said, Brent, everybody needs to get it through their mind that this is not Oklahoma State from 10 years ago, you know, when they're just chucking it up and down the field. They're not. They're more like a Iowa State now in the Big 12. So, I'm with you, and I think Kansas State will finally start to wither away without the quarterback I still think that they're good. I do, too. I think they're physical. I would play the under in this game, too. This is the week of the under, in my opinion. I like the under in Iowa. Uh, I like the Iowa or the Nebraska-Michigan State under. And I'd probably play Iowa State-Baylor under as well. And you know, one thing you're going to start to see that was did not happen last year, I think home field advantage is going to become more of a factor, especially in conference play. And because of COVID last year, you didn't get really any of that. There were no really home fields. So six points is not that much for a home team, is, is long story short there. No, you're right. Yeah, three. Uh, I'm riding with you guys. I'll take the mullet at home. Okay. I, I picked them last week to go to Boise State. I think they're getting a little momentum. My guess, too, is that this will be, watch the line here. This will probably be a trendy It'll uh, Kansas up. State play, Yeah, I would guess. Yeah. Just because they're ranked and their numbers are good right now. Yeah, and... They're just like all their stats over the last decade are so good as underdogs on the road. I don't think I know Boise State, but is Oklahoma State? They lost their first game, right? No, they're three and zero, but they have not been impressive in any of them. No. All right, but okay. again, like we just expect them to put up seventy, and they don't do that anymore. They've grinded out three wins. Yeah, yeah, grinded out. Uh, fourth game, gentlemen, uh, to the two in-state tilts, if you will. I uh, already mentioned the unders looking good here, but uh, number five, Iowa, nearly the same line as last week, or I think it was the same line, 23, I believe. Yeah. Or I think it was 22 and a half, and they won by 23. It's like those Vegas guys know something. Uh, but have Colorado State, uh, the Rams of Colo- can I, can Colorado State. Can I just play the under? We could, do, we could do odds and uh, unders from here on out. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I, That's not very many points. Iowa wins 31 to three, or, you know. 28 to 6. Listen, they shouldn't have covered last week. Yeah, I agree. You know, that Iowa keeps having these deals, and it's because they're really good on defense and special Mm -hmm. teams where 
they're flipping the field. They're, you know, getting these key turnovers. I just feel like there's going to be a game where not all that will go their way. Uh, I'll take Colorado State to cover here. Iowa wins it convincingly. Did you know, I do my prep on the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colorado State has maybe the second best punter in America, if not the first. This is a matchup of the like the, legit like two of the best punters in the nation. Two of the best yep. punters in the country. This yep. is Iowa fans are just going to be sitting there, you know, just straight eggplant emoji watching the punting matchup between these two guys <laughs> on Saturday. So give well, me the points. And, and good news for those who are available. There's still four thousand seats remaining for that game. <laughs> there you go. Um, you could go on over there and yeah, watch a punt. Yeah. Maybe a maybe a donor will buy them up. And, uh, <laughs> hey, give them so away to kids. So, so they keep, out. Yeah, they're so nice. the, so. the Colorado State coach. Coach is Steve Adazio, who was at uh, with the, was Florida's OC under Urban Meyer, uh, and then went to Temple, Boston College. Anyway, physical, hard nosed team. I think this is I think this is like a seventeen point game. So I'll take the points too. They, um, one of the biggest surprises in the sport last week when they went into Toledo. Yeah, it held them to six points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, I think that. And look, when I've looked at Colorado State is if I look at the two weeks back-to-back 23-point spreads, I think Kent State's better than Colorado State. I, I agree. Considerably better. I think they actually have some offensive ability. Mm-hmm. This and, is probably the worst team Iowa will play. Correct. And, and given that situation, that they are that bad, you'd have to think some of the defensive turns they're getting, one or two could happen again. Give me that one or two. Offense can score 17 to 21 points. I don't know what Colorado State will do. I'm going to go the other way this time, and I'll go with Iowa okay. and uh, and say the 23 will be All right. handled easily. Final uh, game, gentlemen. This is I like this game. It's, uh, well, it's actually one of the better games of the weekend. It is. It really yep. is. I mean, Baylor's not ranked, but they're nope, 3-0. They're trying actually, to figure out an identity. I was reading my VEASAN weekend preview today, and they had this the third best game of the weekend. There you yeah. So right on, right yeah. Uh, so number 14, Iowa State is a seven-point, a straight touchdown favorite at Baylor. Uh, Bloom, what do you got here, buddy? You know, I, I, I really like Iowa State here. Um, I think Baylor is it's not a fluke. They're 3-0. However, the competition level has not been there. They have a quarterback who has been perfect. He's been absolutely flawless this year. However, he has not played a defense anywhere in the same stratosphere as Iowa State. And the couple times he's played as a younger guy against a good defense, he's really struggled. I think the Iowa State defense gives them all sorts of problems. I don't think the Iowa State offense has to be great. They just have to be okay. And that is enough to win, I think, 27-17. I agree with you completely. I wish I didn't. We're agreeing way too much. <laughs> the last few weeks, we've been opposite on yep. everything. Yep. I, I just... I, I do think that Iowa State is work is in the process of working kinks out. My guess there's always a game every year where it's like, oh, there's the running game. You know, like, yeah. oh, there's holes now. Yeah. And I think getting Brock going like they did in the third quarter last week is going to create opportunities to run the football. And with that I'm I'm with you. I I think twenty seven se- I could see that. Yeah. I I can see Iowa State win by two touchdowns, honestly. I mean, again, like, we we can't lose track of, like, what has Baylor done thus far to change what our opinion was a month ago? What has Iowa State done? Iowa State, I would knock three points off their power rating, probably. Baylor, maybe I would add a couple. But what would this spread have been a month ago? 
Yeah. 10? 10, 12. I, you know, so I'm going to take Iowa State to cover here. I just – Baylor's played nobody. nobody. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – And they're running the ball great, but it's like, man, the, the line is experienced. That gives me some concern. But then again, Iowa State's third in the country against the run, and they've played some decent Russian attacks. Well, yeah. one decent one. Russian attack. And they did okay against them. But we've seen these guys play before. Yeah, right. And that's, a, that's a more of a known commodity than this Baylor team who, I, again, I think, I think they're capable, but it isn't catching Iowa State off guard. You know, this isn't a, this isn't a one where you're looking, looking past because this is the first Big 12 game. They, know need, to, they need to start fast. And I think Iowa State, it's not going to be 9,000 degrees there. I think they'll play well. <laughs> it will not be 9,000. It'll only be 80, 89. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a dry heat, they say. Guys, I'll be honest with you. I, I came into this not 100% sure where I'm at. And, and 3-0 and Baylor. Iowa State obviously had a rebound game last week, but it was against UNLV. And I know they have an elite quarterback and an elite wide receiver. <laughs> they so do Matt, not. That's what Coach Campbell said. Yeah. His words. His words, not mine. I want to be clear. Uh, but Baylor's obviously better than UNLV. And my question is, was it so easy to rebound against such a bad team last week that they may be coming overconfident off of that win and Baylor catches them off guard? Yeah. Not sure that's going to happen. It's a thought in my head. I'll tell you this. This is where I saw this game. Six and a half, I take Iowa State all day. Seven, give me the full touchdown. Worst case, I think I get a push if it's a touchdown game. It's fair. Playing the odds. I'm going to take uh, take the points here and play that touchdown Dave push. Dave an elite defensive mind. He's good. So, Iowa State, I mean, the, I'm worried about Brock. I still am. Like, not, eh, I don't know if worried's the right word, but I could see him throwing a couple turnovers against that defense. Hope not. Hope he got it figured out. But, um, but you know. I, I think I think you're on something. This is the game where the, the line's like, all right. I don't think it's going to be on Brock. Everybody's right. talking about Brock going no. into this one. I you think this the is the game where all of a sudden – you know, their new zone blocking scheme or whatever the hell is going on. It's like, oh, it clicks. Right. Campbell's not just going to feed his crap about this offensive line. Like, it has to be better at some point. That's what I'm thinking. And and, and I don't love my guess. I really don't. i just trying to discern what the season has given yep. us so far. No, this is a fair. tough line at seven. It's a and great it's a line. It's a sneaky game. As we said, it's a good-looking game. Yeah, I don't for like the, the spot for Iowa State having to go cross-country, short week. Right. You played in the middle of the night. Right. It was basically like a bowl game. Yeah. There's a lot of spot stuff that I'm not I, not liking. Impressed. I would dislike. I would. I agree with you more if Iowa State's undefeated coming in. Yeah, I mean, I it, think the Iowa loss really yeah. centers you for anything in the next yeah, several weeks. I would probably say they're they're not overconfident. No, if not anything, they've been beat up because Campbell's telling them how much they suck right now. Yep, not publicly, but behind closed doors. Sure. Yeah. All right. Should um, be fun. Well, get on out there. You're listening here on a Thursday night. I would that, encourage you on yeah. Friday, go go pick up some of them TVs. Yeah. Come one on, see us. Use our financing. One of those 4K ones. 4, 4K's yeah. coming. About. 4K's coming. There, if you come in and you take a look at what the 4K content looks like, you'll wonder how you're ever going to go back to yep. anything else. It is mind-blowingly different than what we're seeing right now. So, Well, and he's an expert. Just ask Tim Mullen <laughs> from Nebraska. Thanks, C-Dub. Furniture Mart. He's Brent Bloom. I'm Chris Williams. We'll throw it back to Stansbury next here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. 
Cycle Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Rowe. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones! Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, maybe you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NMS. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. It's not whether you win or lose, it's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Cycle Fanatic is proud to partner with the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. As many business schools across the country are eliminating full-time MBA programs completely or moving them online, the Ivy College of Business is documenting all-time high enrollment for both the MBA and Master of Finance programs. To learn how a master's degree from the Ivy College of Business can boost your career, visit www.ivybusiness.iastate.edu. That's www.ivbusiness.iastate.edu. Go Cyclones! Many people are still working remotely, but a lot are gradually returning to their office, and that workplace has changed forever. Fortunately, dressing well for work has not. Mr. B and Clive has a great variety of different clothing options depending on your personal situation. Whether it's a traditional suit and tie or a casual pant and golf shirt for a Zoom call, we have what you need. Come see for yourself at Mr. B Clothing on 86th Street in Clive. Hey Cyclone fans, ever wondered how we could use our Cyclone spirit for the greater good? If we each give a little, together we can multiply the power of our gifts to help Iowa State University students when unexpected needs arise. Your gift can make the difference in helping a student finish out the semester or keep an internship experience within reach. To make a gift and to move what matters for Iowa State students, go to isufoundation.com. Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clyde. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clyde. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. This is Dr. Thomas Greenwald, board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. This is my 30th year taking care of Iowa State athletes, and I am a proud supporter of the Cyclones. As an orthopedic surgeon, I specialize in musculoskeletal care for athletes of all ages, from high school to collegiate athletes to adult weekend warriors. Trust McFarland Orthopedic Sports Medicine and my colleague, Dr. Warmy and I, for excellent sports injury care and rehabilitation. Visit us on the web at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones! Uh, I want someone to love me. I need Welcome back to the 
Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX, 101-106.3 FM. Fantastic uh, bumper choice here, Z. Thank you. Big fan of uh, Lil Nas X's new album. Also a big fan of Craig Smoke's coverage of the Baylor Bears for three, Sikkim 365. And we're going to welcome him to the program now to get some more information about the Bears. Uh, entering Saturday's 2.30 kickoff between Iowa State and Baylor. Craig, thanks for taking some time to, to join us tonight. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I appreciate you having me. been a little while since I've been on radio in Ames, but uh, looking forward to the game this weekend and the chat with you guys. So, uh, again, appreciate it. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it been a, a big year for you guys between winning the, the national championship in basketball, which I, I never got a chance to talk to you about, but a uh, really fun team to follow. And now uh, the 3-0 and start to the football season. Um, what's just the, the general feel of, Bay, of Bears fans right now, now down there? Well, like you said, you know, that basketball championship, that, that satisfied the soul for a lot of people, something that, that not many thought that they would ever see uh, something like that happen. But, you know, that, that boosted, I think, morale after a bad football season last year to kind of have that uh, occur afterwards and then really just create a positive atmosphere around Baylor this past spring that the football team uh, took full advantage of. So, you know, they're off to a nice start. I think the big story with, with Baylor right now is as good as they've looked and as good as, uh, you know, things have looked as far as the changes made thus far, uh, they haven't played anybody. You know, they, they played Texas Southern, who uh, has no business, you know, lining up against the Big 12 team. Uh, they played Texas State, who gave them a little bit of a scare, but I'm not sure that they're a, a very good football team. And, uh, you know, and then Kansas last week, who we kind of know where they are. I think Lance Leipold's doing some good things, but they're a far cry from being competitive in the Big 12. So to answer your question, I mean, things look like they've improved immensely from last year, but I think everybody's got the, the calendar circled for this Saturday and have had it circled to really see what this Baylor football team's made of against a team like Iowa State. So you kind of alluded to it there, but what what do you feel like you guys have learned about this team at this point? Have there you know been any of the offseason questions that were answered, or uh, are there maybe some new question marks that have popped up during these first three games? Uh, yeah, I think that there have been some questions answered. You know, they made a lot of changes this offseason, especially on the offensive side of the ball. There wasn't a lot that needed to be done defensively. I think people who have watched them – you know, our understanding that they've been a pretty good defensive football team uh, since Matt Rule uh, first arrived and, and now into Dave Aranda, I mean, especially. Uh, but as far as question marks in the offseason, pretty much everything swirled around the coaching and the offense. And Dave Aranda, shortly after the season, made the wholesale changes. You know, he had Larry Fedora last year calling plays and George Munoz from LSU who had you know, gotten a lot of burn after Joe Burrow's big year, and, and there were some thoughts that, like, oh, man, the combination of Fedora and Munoz, like, they're going to be lighting up scoreboards. And, guys, what ended up happening was a complete cluster. I mean, those two guys weren't on the same page. If you watched Baylor's offense last year, you know that it was just as dysfunctional as it gets. It was – it had no identity. You, you didn't know, like, what they were supposed to even be trying to do so this year, you know, uh, Aranda makes those changes, brings in Jeff Grimes from BYU, brings in Eric Mateos, offensive line coach from BYU, and it has been night and day. I mean, the offensive line hasn't been good for probably two or three years now, but in this wide zone blocking scheme, they have absolutely thrived and have been opening up some massive holes. Now, they've seen nobody like Will McDonald and, and you know, all the Cyclones, 
So we'll get a real test, but that wide zone blocking scheme change has has been a huge difference. They also had the question at quarterback. Charlie Brewer left. Uh, Gary Bohannon won the quarterback competition uh, right before the season started, and we wondered how he was going to look. I mean, we'd seen him sparingly, but he has been fantastic. He has a much better arm than Brewer. Uh, he's making some throws that are just lights out and, and throws that we haven't seen for quite some time being made. So that's opened up a whole new ball game for them as well. And they've had no running attack really for the last couple of years. Uh, but Tristan Ebner and Abram Smith have combined for five 100-yard games, uh, and they're running the football. Uh, Jeff Grimes' motto is RVO, which is reliable, violent offense. So they're going to be physical. They're going to be nasty. But yeah, they answered the quarterback question, it looks like. They've answered the offensive line question, although we'll learn a lot more about that. And really, that was their their keys. Can we run the ball? Can we block? Can we get good quarterback play? And so far, they've checked every single one of those boxes. But again, not yet against somebody that you know is, is stingy against the run and, and isn't known for giving up some yards. So we'll see a lot this weekend. I'm interested to know just what the feeling was for Baylor fans with the quarterback position after Charlie Brewer left. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting this week. He obviously was, you know, demoted from the starting quarterback at Utah and I think left the program. Like, what what, what are people's feelings about Charlie Brewer now? You know, it was, it was kind of sad for me as his career wrapped up last year. You know, there was the opportunity for him to come back. But, man, it just had gotten so toxic in the fan base. And I'm sure, you know, you've experienced that at some point covering Iowa State. You know, the backup quarterback is always the most popular way it goes. But the toxicity surrounding Charlie, you know, there's a bunch of games that they don't win if he's not the quarterback. But at the same time, to be fair, there's probably some games they do win if he's not the quarterback. I mean, look at last year against Iowa State. Yes, he's a big part of why they were in that game, but he also threw the interception at the end when they were in striking distance and, and killed, you know, the comeback attempt. So, he was just a very uh, hot and cold player for a lot of fans. And, and I think, you know, at the end of last year, my thought was, yes, he can come back. But we know they're going to be making a bunch of changes on offense. He's already been through, you know, multiple coordinators. Uh, and and it's, just, it's just time to, I think, kind of move on. And, and, and Baylor needs to see somebody different after four years. I think Charlie needs to see something different. And I'm, I'm really, um, you know, I'm sad for him that it, it obviously didn't work out at Utah. I thought that it might, but, um, you know, that's just a shame. So I think the fans are excited about the change. I think the fans are excited to see somebody with a bigger arm, somebody that can make some passes that Charlie Brewer just physically couldn't make, somebody who's a bit sturdier. Uh, when they're running the football, you're not as worried about, oh, my gosh, here comes another, you know, sidelined shot or here comes another potential concussion or or whatever the case would have been with Brewer, uh, Gary has, has checked a lot of boxes, and I think you know people are excited about it and, and wish Charlie well. But man, like I said, it got toxic, and, and both parties just needed to kind of separate. And so, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Brewer moving forward. I think he'll probably go down a level if he wants to continue playing football. Uh, but so far, Baylor fans are thrilled with Gary Bohannon. I'm I'm interested to know. I mean, the thing that jumps out to me about this Baylor offense more than any one specific guy or anything, obviously the two running backs have like 350 yards is really impressive, but just the pure efficiency that they have uh, offensively where, I mean, they're averaging almost eight yards a carry uh, and then they're number one in the Big 12 in, in passing efficiency as well. What has allowed them to have that efficiency? Do you think that can be chalked up to the opponents that they've played or has that been them doing anything specific on offensively to you know kind of generate that? 
Well, I'll tell you, for uh, watching a football team that hadn't been able to run the football for a couple of years now, and even when Matt Rule was there, I mean, they were able to run a little bit, but they were never a, a dominant running game. So it's been like being dehydrated and not having water for like a year and then all of a sudden having all the water that you can handle. It's been it's been glorious to, to watch them move the football. But really what it's boiled down to is Jeff Grimes and, and the RVO mentality and that wide zone scheme as well as Eric Mateos and the the job that he's done in the O-line. And so I think it's a combination of things. I think first and foremost is the scheme. Uh, it's, it's something they've been able to learn relatively quickly and kind of nail down. And, and a line that Aranda uses a lot is simple is sophisticated. And so it's a relatively simple thing that they're trying to do, the, the wide zone blocking scheme. But they've been able to do it with a little bit of a sophistication and get more comfortable with it every week. And they've started opening up some holes that we haven't seen opened up since, you know, since uh, Big 12 championship type of years. Um, I think that is the offense. I think that is the offensive line growing. I think it's the scheme and, and the fact that they can execute it really well. It's just hard to stop for a lot of teams. I think it's Gary Bohannon having the ability to throw downfield, which is something that they have also not had for at least a couple of years. I mean, Brewer was a dink and dunker, and, and you know, not a, not a whole lot downfield, not a whole lot he could hit downfield, but Bohannon can. He's got the arm to do it. Now, um, that's that's helped immensely. I, I think uh, at the same time, though, to not acknowledge the opponents that they played and realize, like, hey, Texas Southern doesn't have a defense that should match up with anybody in the Big 12. Uh, Texas State doesn't have a defense uh, that matches up with anybody in the Big 12. And quite frankly, Kansas doesn't have a defense that matches up with anybody in the Big 12. So, uh, to, to me, it's been a combination of a great offensive scheme with players who have bought in, players who all look a better better than they were a year ago, and some improvement in certain positions like Bohannon's arm, for example, and also who they played. So, again, uh, I think fans are excited to see, hey, here's a top 25 opportunity we know Iowa State and Baylor usually get pretty nasty, and it's usually an entertaining, albeit you know, frustrating game for both. Uh, but they know, Baylor fans, that is, that the offense is better. But how much better? And, and can they run the football? And can they chunk it downfield against the likes of an Iowa State? Jury's out on that right now. Yeah, and I think this will be – well, first of all, I appreciate that you said that about Kansas because I, I was watching their game, I think, against Coastal Carolina, and I was blown away – where I was sitting there thinking like, man, I can't believe that Kansas somehow might actually be worse than they were before, which is like really hard to imagine. Uh, so I, I appreciate your analysis on, analysis on them, but, uh, I think this is going to be a great test for both teams offensively. Um, you know, obviously Iowa State's pa- faced a pretty stingy defense in Iowa, one of the best in the country. I think Northern Iowa will be one of the best FCS defenses in the country as well. Uh, didn't really get tested last week, but they're going to get another major test this week from Baylor. How have you seen that defense evolve and progress uh, in year two under Dave Aranda? Yeah, they were really fortunate last year to, you know, through two wins and seven losses. I mean, even though the offense was just unwatchable football 95% of the time, the defense is what kept you just coming back week after week because you knew that they had the capability to, to make a lot of plays. You knew that they would keep them in games and at least give the other side uh, of the football a chance to, to win games for them. But, you know, they were kind of having to do it all on their own. They returned their entire back seven. Um, Ron Roberts is back as defensive coordinator. And, of course, Dave Aranda also has heavy sway in what they do defensively. But they're, you know, more comfortable in year two with the scheme. They haven't really, like, opened it up and gone crazy and, you know, blitzes and all that kind of jazz. But 
they do have a back end of the defense that they are very confident in. Terrell Bernard's back from the injury last year. Jalen Petrie, a playmaker and Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year candidate, he's back. Uh, Dylan Doyle is back at linebacker as well. He was a, a good player for them last year and is, is getting better this year. And then the entire secondary is back. So that's all been positive. Now, they haven't really been tested in the passing game, uh, which I'm interested to see because I know Iowa State's going to want to run the football, but I do think Purdy's going to have to make some throws. And we really haven't seen the Baylor secondary uh, really face any challenges uh, so far in terms of the quarterbacks they've faced or just the schemes or even the, the receivers and backs that they've uh, faced at this point. Now, up front is where you do have a little bit more of a question. The back seven, you feel good. But up front on the defensive line, uh, there you may remember Bravion Roy from a couple of years ago who's now with the Panthers, big nose tackle in the middle who was very good for Baylor. Uh, they didn't have a true nose tackle last year. So they went to the transfer portal and they got Siaki Ika, uh, they call him Apu, from LSU. Aranda was already familiar with him. And he is a true nose. He is a big body, true nose, you know, guy who stuffed the run up the middle. But he's already been suspended for one game. It's all been cleared up and, and everything's fine there. But, you know, he's just not, he's not the guy that when you hear LSU nose tackle transfer and then you hear the things that the coaches have said about him, throughout the offseason, you're expecting like some dominant force in the middle, and, and he has not been that. He'll need to be that against Iowa State. So that's a little bit of a question mark on, on how impactful can Ika be there in the middle of the line. Their ends are okay, uh, but quite frankly, most of their pressure is generated by their linebackers blitzing like a Bernard or a Petrie uh, or some scheme like that. They're not getting a lot of push up front. Uh, and, and when they do get to the backfield, like they did against Texas State or even Kansas to an extent, against a quarterback that can run a little bit, like a Jason Bean for the Jayhawks, who's a, a great runner, or even to a lesser extent a Brady McBride for Texas State, they had trouble with that. Like if they can't get containment and a guy gets out of the pocket and is pretty effective out of the pocket, that does spell some trouble for them. So that's something to watch for. They've been excellent against the running game, but again, they haven't faced an O-line like Iowa State. So defensively I feel really good about their back seven even though I, I do still need to see them going up against the likes of a of a Tariq Milton and, and you know those types of and Xavier Hutchinson we have not seen that but I do still feel confident without having seen that my question is can they get a pass rush with their line if they get into the backfield at any point can they prevent Brock Purdy from using his feet, throwing on the run, and getting out of the pocket and making some wild plays happen. If they can do that, I feel good about them against the overall running game of Iowa State, but there are a couple of question marks that, that we don't know just yet. Last thing I've got for you, I mean, what do you what do you see being the keys in this game for, for Baylor? What's you know kind of the difference going in, uh, you know, for, for them to be able to win the game or for how the game's going to go on Saturday? Yeah, I think uh, defensively it's just that how much uh, penetration can they get, how much can they harass Brock Purdy. And I think, uh, you know, in watching Iowa State, you know uh, that that uh, the running game's going to get theirs. I mean, I think we know Brees Hall's going to get his yards uh, in a variety of different ways, and they obviously have to worry about him. But, you know, how effective is Brock Purdy in the passing game? I think that will be a big tell. Uh, on Saturday, if he's able to be highly effective, I think that spells trouble for Baylor. Um, if they can, you know, force him into making some bad throws, like last year was a turnover fest for both teams, then that that obviously bodes well 
for them. So, so defensively, just really curious about the, the quarterback pressures and, and what they're able to try and force Iowa State into, knowing that the Cyclones are still going to get theirs uh, in certain ways. Uh, and then offensively, I mean, I'm curious to see Gary Bohannon against a real-deal defense. I'm curious to see uh, how he's going to handle a Mike Rose coming at him, how he's going to handle a McDonald coming off of the edge, uh, you know, how he's going to handle – uh, throwing the ball in, in, against a secondary that is far superior to anything that they face, and who will have guys that can stay on Baylor's wide receivers, unlike the first three opponents who were outmatched at every position across the board. So can can Gary Bohannon fit it in the tight windows? Can he be smart with the football and protect the football? And, and the biggest thing for Baylor outside of Bohannon, who will be key and who we know will have to make some throws, is can they run the football in Iowa State? Because not many people can. Uh, that's what they've done. That is the reliable, violent offense is predicated on the running game and running the football. And if Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner are able to get out in the open field or if they're able to consistently get three, four yards when they need to, I think that is obviously incredible news for Baylor and also would be a, a certif- uh, would certify what we have seen previously. Like, oh, hell, they're doing it against Iowa State. This run game is for real. Right now we're, we're kind of thinking that it is but not – quite all the way sure. So Bohannon's play against the Iowa, uh, Iowa State defense in terms of just being able to make throws and protect the football, not getting you know scared of the pressure that's coming at him, making mistakes, and then Baylor's you know, O-line and, and the, subsequently their running backs. Can they keep opening up holes? Can they keep moving the chains? Can they keep instilling the confidence of like, hey, it's fourth and one? We can get that. Let's go. Uh, so, yeah, the run game will be huge. If they can't run the football – um, to to any extent, like they you know weren't able to do it all last year, and it's just in the hands of Gary Bohannon. I think he can probably make some plays, but I don't think he can win a game that way for them. They need to be able to run the football at times. So uh, yeah, that's that, that's kind of where I see it. Bohannon, uh, the run game, and then uh, defensively, you know how much pressure can they get and put on Brock Purdy? Those are the three main areas I'm watching for the Bears. And if those go in their favor, then I feel really good about their chances. If they don't, then uh, you know I'm thinking Iowa State wins this game. I'm, I'm picking Iowa State to win by a slight margin, but I do think we're in for a hell of a contest on Saturday. All right, man. I hope you enjoy the game on Saturday. Uh, stay cool. I know it's supposed to be hotter than heck down there. Yeah. Yeah, well, good news for Iowa State fans. It's not going to be as hot as it was like two years ago. Um, but I think it is supposed to be a little steamy in the 90s or whatever. So, yeah, uh, for anybody coming out to the game, come prepared for that, and we'll try and stay cool up in the press box. And uh, looking forward to it, man. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, anytime you need me, just let me know. Absolutely. We'll catch on, uh, catch up with you on down the road. That's Craig Smoke from Sikkim 365. He covers the Baylor Bears. Uh, man, that's fantastic stuff, fantastic analysis uh, on that football team, and it uh, should be a really exciting game on Saturday down in Waco. Z, thanks for producing the show. Yeah, of course. I think I'm coming on your show on Saturday, assuming that I wake up, so hopefully I'll uh, talk talk to you guys again here in just Sounds a couple like a days plan. we'll be back same time same place next week with the cyclone fanatic radio show here on morning sports station 1460 kx no and 106.3 fm